Zone. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player with Burns and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Three o'clock hour of the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Our weekly visit with a member of the Suns and joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Twelve minutes in Sunday's game against the Dallas Mavericks, a big three towards the end of the third quarter. Troy Craig joining us here on the Burns and Gambo show. Troy, welcome back to the program, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. All right. How much, uh, how much fun was that game on Sunday against the Mavs? You've had three games now with KD, the Charlotte game, the Bulls game, but I think we we're all looking forward to that Dallas game being a rematch of last year's, uh, playoff matchup. Oh, man. It was, it was extremely fun. It just, sometimes, man, when you're on the bench, you're just sitting back and you're just seeing how much talent is on the court at one time and you kind of, you kind of like in awe, in awe of it because, uh, there's so many elite players making making difficult shots and and just scoring back to back and trading trading baskets and it was just uh it was just fun to be a part of but I'm glad, I'm definitely glad we can get to win. Yeah, I, I mean, can you believe a team that shot fifty forty ninety did not win a basketball game? That rarely happens. No, nah, for sure, and you you could see it. Um, <laughs> whichever team started getting stops first was going to be the one to win that game and. It wasn't a lot of a lot of stops in that in that game. I, I know I was talking to a couple of players. Like usually, I go try to crash and get offensive rebound, but it wasn't any misses, so it wasn't no rebounds to get. <laughs> like I looked at the statue uh, at the end of the game, I had no rebounds. I'm like, man, <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, like I couldn't get defensive rebounds or offensive rebounds. It was um, it was pretty amazing though. That's funny. How how. With you and your skill set, how essential is it to have a guy like you on the floor when you're surrounded by, you talk about all of these scoring and all of this scoring, the the ability to defend, the ability to knock down a three, how important does a skill set like yours become when you're, when you're talking about fitting in on a team like the Suns are right now, Tori? Well, is it, it is extremely important now because... Um, a lot of teams are going to try to get the ball out of book and um, and Devin, uh, out of book and in Kevin's hands. So they're going to live with guys like me and other guys that are trying to make shots. So um, they, they will live with us us beating them rather than because you know Kevin and, and Devin can beat you. So um, guys like myself and other guys on the team is going to be extremely important for us to make plays from those guys and play off those guys and, and knock down open shots because you're going to get a lot of open shots. Yeah, I would imagine, too, on the other end of the floor, just the ability to defend, the willingness to defend. And not that Devin mm-hmm. isn't and not that Kevin isn't. They're both you know better than advertised defenders. But given that there is so much offense out there, I would imagine there yeah. are minutes to be earned if you're going to go out there and earn them by playing great defense. No, for sure. And and, and defense is a, is, a, is a given for me. I'm, I'm going to do that no matter what. But um, it's, it's extremely important to be at, to make it easier for those guys on defense because they carry so much of a load um, on the offensive end. But like you said, those guys are willing defenders. Like Book, <laughs> Book can have 40 points. And um, I remember one game, uh, I was going to the top guy, and he's like, Tory, Tory, let me give him this possession. I'm like, all right, go ahead, man. Like, <laughs> he's, just that com- he's just that competitive. So he... He don't. He don't look at it as him trying to rest on defense or taking breaks on defense. Um, 
Booker is, is a competitor, and, and same same with Kevin. Um, first game in, he just, he just blocking shots and having an impact on the defensive end, and he had a huge block in that game against Kyrie. So um, those guys are, are willing defenders, but it definitely makes it easier on them with guys like me and Josh and, and Ish that's trying to guard the other team's best players. I know I got different players, right? Finney Smith's gone, Dinwiddie's gone, Brunson's gone, but you know, mm-hmm. last you know last year in the playoffs, they they trapped Book a lot, and you know the follow philosophy was you know we don't mind Jay and McHale shooting the ball, or even Chris, who's not a catch and shoot guy. Now they didn't do it when mm-hmm. Cam was on the court. They didn't want to trap Book when Cam was on the court. But remember, Cam was coming off the bench. This game, watching this game, they didn't trap Book, and I would imagine they just didn't want to give KD open looks because once you trap, you're in rotation yeah. and you get open looks. But big difference last year when they were trapping Book at will compared to this game Sunday when they didn't want to trap him at all. Yeah, I mean it's tough when you when you got Kevin Durant out there. If you if you're trapping if you're trapping Booker and we're swinging it around, um, a lot of times when you trap, it, it puts your defense in a rotation. So now not only are you in rotation, but you're you're closing out to Kevin Durant with the live dribble. <laughs> so it's it's tough because you have to honor his three point shooting. So you have to get to him, but once you get to him, he can score on all three levels, and yeah. that puts your defense at a disadvantage. So it does, it, um, I, I, it's tough. Yeah, it does seem like they doubled KD in the second half in the post and on that elbow. Mm-hmm. They tried to double him, but it just seems like he's even so efficient with the double teams. Why do you think that is? Because he just plays at his own pace, man. He can he he's tall enough to see over the double team and the defense. And a lot of times he don't even try to force it. Um, I, I knew a couple of times we passed it into him. As soon as the double came, he got off of it. It was a swing, swing to open shots. And um, we got guys on the back end that's making down shots or making the right play. So um, I think that gives Kevin uh, more confidence to throw it back out. But if we throw it to him and we need it for him to to go to work, he could do that as well. So. Um, we, we we have a lot of options right now out of the double team. Yeah, and that's just what I was going to ask you. Tori Craig joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Suns and the Thunder coming up tomorrow. That trust that Kevin and Book obviously have in you guys to kick out to the open shooter. I mean, there's it, it's very clear that KD is a willing passer, and in that circumstance, you and Josh and others have to be willing shooters, right? There can't be any hesitation when you have that open shot. You if you've got the green light, you got to take it i would imagine monty's communicated that to you guys um yeah i mean he don't even have to communicate that to us uh, funny because I was, I was literally talking to the book today in the locker room i was like hey man listen if, if they have a book of passing me the ball it must be for me to shoot it <laughs> so, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, so i was like that, that's exactly what he wants so if he if Devin Booker pass you the ball, just be ready to shoot because he's not passing it for nothing. So, and we, we kind of joked about that. So, um, but nah, like you said, though, we we definitely have to be ready to shoot because um, those guys are are drawing so much attention that that we're we're benefiting off of it. So we just have to be ready to, to, to shoot with confidence and, and make those shots. This rivalry between the Suns and the Mavs, between Book and Luca, how, how good is it for the NBA? I, mean, I think all I think all rivals are good for the NBA, but definitely you, you can feel some kind of some kind of tension there between between the guys and uh, um, with, with Book and, and Luca, and then and then Kyrie kind of got in, and some words were said. So, but it's all competitive, man. It's all basketball. It's nothing personal. It's just a lot of competitive guys at the court, 
on the court at the same time uh, is going to lead to to those kind of moments. So maybe more dislike and less less hatred, but at least dislike, correct? Yeah, I just think I just think it's um, guys just trying to earn each other's respect, and uh, they're going to get it by the way they play. And uh, as you can see down the stretch, I think all those guys had thirty. All, all four of them had thirty. So it's kind of a uh, you versus me kind of mindset, and uh, made the better man win. And it's just fun to be a part of it. And, uh, and I like it. I like the chat. I like the the, the competitiveness, the competitiveness of it all. And um, it was fun to watch, fun to be a part of. Last one from me for Tory Craig, and I'm just curious from a player's perspective, and we get asked this all the time from fans and listeners and whatnot. 18 games to go. How much attention do you guys pay to who you might play in the first round, who you want to, who you don't, where you finish in the seeding? Do you care a little bit about that? Not at all? A lot? How important is that to you going into these final 18 games of the season, Tory? Um, it, it, we don't even talk about it, man. It, it, it really doesn't matter to us. Um, since I've been here, that haven't been a concern. Um, either year I've been here, like who we play in the first round or who we didn't want to play, we 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 we're we're ready to play anyone. And um, uh, yeah, however it end up, how the standards end up, it's going to be like that, and we're just gonna take it game by game, series by series. But we don't we don't look for anybody or or duck from anyone to play in, in the playoffs. We get, we get asked a lot, you know, with the success that you guys are having, but since KD got here, like, man, can anybody stop this team? You know, are they going to score 120, 125 a night? I mean, I think you know, Denver's really good defensively. I think, you know, they match up the Clippers with, with their wings. Of course, Milwaukee with their ability to defend and, and Boston. I mean, do you look at it like that? Do you look at it like you guys are unstoppable? Or do you do feel like there's teams out there that can defend you? No, I mean, I don't, I don't look at it as unstoppable, man. It's the NBA. Anything can happen. And uh, there's a lot of great players in this league and a lot of good defensive players and, and defensive teams in this league. And, um, yeah, guys can have an off night. Like, any, anybody can be beat. So I'm not going to say we're unstoppable. But we're definitely getting more comfortable. Guys are in their rhythm. And, and it's early. And I, I think we still can get a lot better. We still can improve in a lot of areas of the game, um, especially on the defensive end. Um, but like I said, it's going to take time. We're still trying to figure out rotations, and and, and guys are still learning the coverages. And uh, we was just doing strip today, strip today, and guys uh, still trying to learn the plays and knowing the timing and knowing where to be. So we're winning these games, still trying to figure things out. So that's definitely a, a positive sign for us. Good stuff, Tori. You know, as always, we appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on for a few. Good luck tomorrow against Oklahoma City. We'll talk soon. Okay. All right, man. Thanks. Thanks, Tori. Tori Craig joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Suns Thunder tomorrow. The weather is getting warmer. Arizona Sports and Fulton Homes are reminding you two seconds is too long to take your eyes off your kids around water. For life-saving water safety tips and to enter to win swim lessons from the YMCA, text SWIM to 620-620. We all know that Kevin Durant is elevating the Suns offense. How? We'll get into that next on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Gambo's back from his mini vacation. We're back together here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Happy Tuesday to you. Only one Suns game during this week. 
They've obviously got the Kings coming up on Saturday, but the Oklahoma City game tomorrow is the only one we've got during the Monday through Friday week. Sacramento won last night, right? Beat New Orleans? They did. Okay. They beat New Orleans. Got a three-game lead on the Suns, and they play them twice. Yes, they do. Okay. And Memphis is fading. Free-falling. As you would expect with the John Morant thing. Now, I don't know when they're going to get him back, but they're starting their fade. Okay, I, I got I got to ask you, because I, you know, I was away for four days in Houston at a baseball tournament. What, 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 like, I, I kind of know what happened, but was it just like they caught him on a, like a video he, with a gun? He posted on his own Instagram account. He flashed a gun. He allegedly fla- he flashed what oh. appeared to be a gun during his own Instagram video. Now, Colorado's an open carry state, but there are certain restrictions you to can't carrying bring firearms and stuff. in terms of clubs or if alcohol's involved. You know, that's and certainly the NBA has its own set of rules. Okay. In fact, I was reading today if the NBA found that he brought a gun on a team plane without telling anybody, it's like a fifty game suspension. Not a 15-game suspension, a 50-game well, suspension. How else would he have got the gun there? Unless, Unless one of his guys or somebody? Got, gave it to him when he got off the plane or when they met up with him in Denver, when his posse met up with him. I don't so know. So if they prove that he brought that with him, he could be suspended 50 games. 50 games. Oof. If he's got that on the team plane. So he's taking a leave of absence. Yeah. Right? I, initially, it was going to be two games. Now they're kind of saying it's yet to be determined how long it's going to be because okay. the NBA is investigating. Glendale, Colorado police are investigating the see if he violated any laws. It's all kind of in a big pause right now trying to... And then, of course, Brandon Clark, he tore his Achilles over the weekend. He's out for the rest of the year for oh, Memphis. A blow for them. Huge blow for them. Huge okay. blow for them. Not guys Brandon off the Clark. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's a big deal. Um, so the Grizzlies, you know, can the Suns catch the Kings? Can, you know, can the Suns elevate to three? Is the two spot in the Western Conference now in play? We'll get into all of that a little bit later. Um, there, great article on PHNX Sports from Gerald Bourget on the five examples of Kevin Durant elevating this Phoenix Suns offense. Oh, by the way, just real quick on that. You might have to find a new pound for pound with Kent Summers having retired. <laughs> I, I, well, you know, you know I mean, you got but a then, competition here. It might but be, then you're you going to make me find a new one. You're going to make me pick pound for pound. Who's the best writer in town with all these guys who are covering the Suns right now? Yeah, because I look. I've said you've always had a you've always had a pound for pound. This is the best guy. Kent Summers used to be pound for pound best writer in town. He went up and retired on me. Retired. Now. On I, I mean, I got to pick somebody else. Yeah. Maybe it's going to be Gerald. I don't know. The people who cover the Suns right now, it's the best it's ever been. I, I really believe that. It, it's the best it has ever been with Kellen and Gerald and Dwayne Rankin, uh, Dave King with Brightside. It's just a great time for Suns content. Um, five examples of how Kevin Durant is elevating the Phoenix okay, Suns offense. Go. All right, number one, his off-ball spacing is opening up the inside. Absolutely. Guys are getting wide open. Looks like like uh, Tori just said, when Book passes it to him, but it's the same thing, right? I mean, his you, you, you can't trap guys because then Dev, you can't trap Book or Paul because KD's going to be wide open, but his ability to space the floor gets open shots for everybody. Just him standing in the wing. Right, just him standing there. Any you can't leave him. You can't come you can't off of Kevin Durant. You can't leave him to help. You can't. You can't and, leave him to help. And even if you're a step mm. late, you're late, and the Suns are going to take advantage of that. Um, here's another one: getting off of double teams early. Devin, oh, Devin Booker's getting better at this. He's gotten a lot better at this, working his way out of a double team trap. Kevin Durant is a ninja Jedi master at feeling the double team come and passing out of it almost immediately. 
immediately, knowing exactly where the ball needs to go yeah. and knowing how to get out of it. Like that, he's an he's an expert. At yeah, it. I mean the Suns, they got better in basketball IQ. He's just a smart basketball player, a heady basketball player. He's an unselfish basketball player, and he's great at knowing, you know, how to move that ball around off of a double team. KD passing out of the post, and again, it's kind of a similar concept with a double team because he gets doubled in the post. Yeah, he's he's yep. down in the post. He's nearly a seven footer. You, you got to double him, and as soon as it comes, yep. he passes out. And this is where a Kogi and Tory Craig and Terrence Ross and Ish Wainwright campaign. You get that ball from Kevin Durant coming out of a double mm. in the post. Shoot it. A lot of teams Shoot will it. play you straight up in the first half, and they need to because sometimes you just have an off game and you're not on. So teams will play you straight up, and then they'll make adjustments in the second half. They played Kevin Durant. Dallas played Kevin Durant straight up in the first half. Straight up. Second half, they made their adjustments where they doubled him in the post and on the elbow. This was my favorite one. Uh, Durant has always had a good feel for when his team is going through a lull and needs an this injection of scoring. Yeah, this was really good. This there were some really examples good. there, so explain that, because that was really good. All right, so against Charlotte, the Hornets cut the Suns' lead to six with about 10.44 to go in the game. Durant scored the next nine. Against Chicago, the Bulls turned an 11-point deficit at the end of the first quarter into a four-point halftime lead. KD set the tone for the second half, scoring seven of the Suns' first nine points to start the third. Sunday in Dallas, Durant scored 21 of his 37 in the second half, including 10 straight in the third quarter after the Mavs opened up an eight-point lead. So and he then, knows when to take a game over. He yeah. could feel he could feel the, 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 the shift in the momentum coming a little bit. He goes, I got you. Yeah. I'm going to put you on my back right now, because there's no debate anymore, right? I mean, you, you you got two guys that can do it. Both of those guys are very capable of doing it, but I think you'll feel very comfortable. Like, there was a debate, Paul or Book, who should have it, who should have When that stuff happens, as great as Devin Booker is, you feel very confident with Kevin Durant's ability to, to stop a run or, or to get you some points. I looked up something about Kevin Durant I didn't really realize until yesterday. Okay. I was talking with K. Ray about it. He was filling in for you. Kevin Durant really is not a high-volume shot guy. He took a lot less he, shots than... He, 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 no. he averages about 18 and a half yeah, per game for his career. 12 for 17, 12 for 18. Per game. so efficient. He he's an unselfish player. Yeah, he doesn't need to get into the mid-20s, high-20s to get his point total. That's just not what he's... It's never been what he's... He's only had one season, I think, where he's averaged more than 20 shots per game, and he was barely over 20 shots per game. And I think a lot season. of that would have to be with the just the vast amount of double teams that he faces. Yeah, you know, I'm going to pass out because there's an open guy, and I got to trust my players to make to, to knock down these shots. It might be better than me trying to score over a double team. You can text us your thoughts. The FanDuel text line it is always open for you during the Burns and Gimbo Show at six twenty six twenty. When we come back, take the teams away that are picking the players, and just look at the prospects. Who is the best the Cardinals can get in this year's draft? That's coming up on the Burns and Gambo Show. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. So in the NFL, today was the deadline for the franchise tags. Next week, the league year opens with free agency. So you're going to start to see these names moving to different teams, guys who are available, guys who are going to be out there. How much are they going to get paid? We'll find out next week. We'll see how active the Cardinals are in that. Then, of course, the draft's coming up on April, I think, 26th or 27th. So we're getting there, slowly starting to get there. 
with the combine having been completed, we've seen a whole bunch of mock drafts from all of those who do that stuff, and and we'll get into the ones that say Will Anderson, the ones that don't. We'll do that later. But Todd McShay today did some thing that is oftentimes more valuable than a mock draft, and that's just a straight-up ranking of the players. Like, not tying them to any teams, not saying this guy's a good fit here, or I heard this team likes that guy. Just, here are my best players in this year's draft. I was really, I was kind of surprised by who he had number one, to a certain extent. Because it wasn't uh, one of the defensive players. It was Bryce Young. It was Bryce Young, quarterback Alabama. He went quarterback. Yep. Who measured almost exactly where everybody thought he was going to, 5'10 and like an eighth. He was over 200 pounds, but he probably put on some weight to step on the scales at the combine. He didn't throw. He didn't do any of that stuff. He's a small guy, and he doesn't doesn't carry a lot of weight on his frame, which has caused some concern, but obviously not enough for McShay to move him out of the number one spot. He's got a number one overall. He loves him. And I I was, you know, the the, the size isn't, right? He's small. He's Kyler small. A small guy like that. So, you know, we'll see, you know, how that plays out because he's probably going to be the first quarterback taken, I would imagine. I really like C.J. Stroud, the quarterback from Ohio State. He had him third. There's a couple of interesting things here. Number one is not where he had Will Anderson at number two, but where he had Tyree Wilson, the defensive end out of Texas Tech, who's getting some play for the Cardinals. He had him at number four. His previous rank was number five. Tyree Wilson is getting some play for the Cardinals yeah. for a couple of reasons. Number one, in just the straight mocks, some have suggested the Cardinals could take him at number three over Will Anderson, which I find really difficult to believe. But mainly as a, if the Cardinals trade down. You could get extra picks and still get a guy that could rush the passer. That is where Tyree Wilson's name is getting connected quite a bit to the Cardinals. Yeah, As a trade down type player. Here's another guy who might get a little love to the Cardinals as a trade down type player. Nolan Smith, the outside linebacker from Georgia. Do you see how high he jumped in these rankings. Yeah, he had a great combine, right? He was previously outside the top 32. He jumped all the way to 10th in Todd McShay's rankings. Right. Outside linebacker, he he did. He had a great combine, put on a hell of a show in the workouts with how fast he ran and what he did. Good burst to the quarterback, things like that. Jalen Carter... He dropped to 13th from third. Now, it says in here, you know, he battled injuries last season, but here's what it said. This was fascinating to me. He made a big impact after returning from knee injury. He fires off the ball quick. Um, He has every tool in the box necessary to emerge as a top-tier NFL pass rusher. Uh, It says a lot of good things about him, but it says during the week of the combine, he was arrested on charges of reckless driving and racing in connection with a crash that killed a Bulldog teammate and a recruiting staff member. An arraignment hearing in the case was set for April 8th. 18th, NFL teams will have to do their homework here. I mean, it's just one of those things where you almost feel like I have to drop the kid because there are teams that are going to be very reluctant to take him at one, two, three, four, five. Pay because again, we and I'll try to get the structure here, but the amount of money that goes to pick one compared to pick two, compared to pick five, compared to pick ten, to I mean, it's drastic. It's incredible the amount of money, the signing bonus, the cap space that you've got tied into those players. So that's where he may fall too. It's like. Okay, it's not only a risk in taking the player, but man, it's you know that's a lot of money we got to be we're giving to a player like that. He he's going to go in the first round because eventually, you know, if he goes later, that cap number comes down quite a bit. That signing bonus comes down quite a bit. It's a big difference. I found it. You want it? 
This is from last year. You ready for yeah, this? Give me the difference between three and just give me the difference between number three and number. So he's got him projected 13, 13th best player. Okay. The Cardinals are picking a three. What is the difference between number three and number 13 financially? All right. Three last. This is last year's numbers. So these okay. are bound to go up. Last year, LSU cornerback Derek Stingley Jr. got $38.4 million for the Texans. Number 13, Jordan Davis from Georgia. Got eighteen point six million. Oh my god, that's a twenty million dollar difference. Yes, in real money. That's in, real in, in money. Real money. Here's okay. here's the estimated four year contract values for twenty twenty two NFL draft picks. Trayvon Walker led the way with forty one point four, and then it goes down, give or take. Does it say cap space on there? No. It, it just, doesn't have cap space. It just says the deal. Yeah, it just it just it doesn't include endorsements. It doesn't include anything like that. Just these are the contract values: Trayvon Walker forty one point four, Aiden Hutchinson thirty nine point six, Derek Stingley thirty nine point four. It goes down on average about two two I've and a half it, million got, dollars per player. I've got this year's okay. Arizona third would be thirty seven point nine million. Signing bonus twenty four point seven. Cap six point nine million for the first year. Okay, if you go down, say just nine, say you go down to Carolina. Carolina's twenty three point two. So just moving from three to nine saves you about seventeen million dollars in in cash. Signing bonus is twenty four point seven to fourteen. Ten million dollars in the signing bonus. That's a ten million dollar check. You don't have to write. And in your cap space, six point nine to four point two in that first year. So that's about two point seven million dollars in cap space that you free up. It's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. I hope that that does not dictate their 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 motivation they, on if draft they, if day. If they trade down. It it would it'd be impossible for somebody not to bring that up. Of course, but that, it would be impossible just, not to bring it up and just ask the question: Are they moving down? Because again, the difference between pick number three and pick number nine is thirty seven point nine million dollars compared to twenty three point two million. It's basically seventeen. That's about fifteen million dollars. The fifteen million dollar difference that would be very disappointing. Very disappointing. And I agree with you. It's bound to come up, and it's a question that would need to be asked. Um, Move down. Move down because you can get a bunch of picks, not because you're trying to save money. You know, move move down because you want to check a lot of boxes. You know, move down a couple of spots and pick up an extra second rounder or whatever. Don't move down to save money. I, I, I hope that's not the motivation. And honestly, at this point, we said it earlier in the show. Our gut is telling us right now, today on March seventh, that the Cardinals will stay put at number three and take Will Anderson. That he's yeah. just too good of a player to move off of. That doesn't mean that won't change. That doesn't mean some quarterback needy team won't want to come up and and make that take that pick from them and give the Cardinals a slew of picks to do it. Just don't do it for the money. That would be very, very disappointing. It would be very, that, that'd be very disappointing it, it, if that were just, the why. It's something you have to bring up, is that if you do trade down, there is a lot of money to be saved and some cap money to be saved, too. Uh, a couple of other guys on this ranking um, that kind of stood out to me. Another one was Anthony Richardson, well, who did, right. was previously ranked 32nd on McShay's board, now has him moving up to number 23 on McShay's board. One of the most fascinating players in this entire draft. He's just one of the most fascinating guys in this draft. Especially since if he hangs out around 23, is Anthony Richardson going to go in the top five? 
I mean, that's you talk about a stretch now, right? Like, okay, let's take the 23rd best player and let's take him fifth overall. That's a big old reach for some Some team is going to end up taking a really big chance on Anthony. And we see it all the time he in this league. He blew it out of the freaking water in the, in the combine. He killed yes, it. He did. He killed it. I mean, you look at you look at what he did in the combine, and he wasn't a guy that was being talked about as a. He was an intriguing player, but he wasn't very good. Like he only completed didn't complete that many passes in college. Fifty six percent of his passes. He didn't complete like yeah. his completion percentage wasn't that good. But a lot of people are saying he couldn't be played himself. Some people said Anthony Richardson could have played himself into the number one pick at the combine. He shattered quarterback records at the combine, earning a maximum athletic. Score of a 99. Combine ranks since 2003. 40 yard dash, he's second. Broad jump first. Vertical jump first. His athleticism score was better than RG3, Tyree Jackson, Trevor Knight, Tyrod Taylor, anybody. His athleticism was the, the best that they've ever had. So that's why you, you're looking at this kid, you see this specimen, specimen and you're like, okay, uh, you, somebody's probably going to want to. Take a chance on him. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo Show, something else to keep an eye on with free agency starting next week. The Cardinals free agents, Zach Allen, Byron Murphy, and of course, the D-Hop trade, which could, in theory, happen any minute now. That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. All right, back here on the Burns and Gambo show with NFL free agency starting next week. The Cardinals do have some decisions of their own to make, namely when it comes to, I mean, there's more. There's there's a lot of free agents that they've got. But the three that kind of pop off the page a little bit are Zach Allen, Byron Murphy, and then making a decision about DeAndre Hopkins because the kind of the, the standard logic here, and I'll start with Hop on this one. I think the decision's made. I think so, too. It's, I think they're trading them. It just feels like if you're going to do it, you kind of need to do it before free agency starts. All right? the words are they're shopping him, right? I mean, yes. all the words out there, it's, uh, they are shopping him. You'd want to do it before free agency so a team, you know, knows what, you know, what they, you know, they, it affects your ability in the draft. Like, hey, we just traded for DeAndre Hopkins. Okay, we don't have to draft a number one wide receiver. Well, we have one. So, yeah, you're going to want to get that done. And the Cardinals would love to know what kind of extra pick they may have because it may allow them to move somewhere in the draft at some point with an extra pick. If it's a second rounder or have another, you know, uh, identify a player you like and take him. So I would, I, I, I would be surprised if they don't trade him. I'd be shocked if they don't trade. Yeah, him. I mean, I'm just absolutely blown away if Agree. they don't. It, it's just at this point, to your point, it is trying to calculate what they're going to get in return, how much they're going to get in return, and when. When is and I there's a whole laundry list of reasons why it's going to happen before free agency, and you touched on some of them. A team, do I sign a free agent or am I trading for DeAndre Hopkins? You kind of need to know that before free agency starts. Uh, how much salary cap space do I have? Am I restructuring Hopkins' deal? Yeah. You kind of need to know. Know that before free agency starts, right? It's all kind of predicated on this deadline. And, and so I like today's Wednesday, free agency starts. No, today's Tuesday. Tuesday. I'm sorry. Today's Tuesday. I'm trying bad. to think that I missed two days. <laughs> like, I think I was just I'm on already, Monday. That's how long this week has been. I'm already jumping Monday. ahead to Wednesday. That's what I'm doing. A week from tomorrow, free agency begins. I do not expect DeAndre Hopkins is going to be on this roster a week from tomorrow. Well, I don't expect come down, it. A trade could come down. You're right. At any point. You can get a trade at any point. Yep. So that's Hopkins. The interesting one to me is just Zach Allen. 
That's the fascinating one. All right, so if I asked you, is is Zach Allen, do you think Zach Allen could be, are we looking at a Hassan Reddick type thing where he's going to get away and he's going to blow up and you're going to be like, oh my God, again, this happened to you? <sighs> See, because here's the thing, when you're younger, there's, there's different ways to pay people, right? You're either paying them based on what they did or you're paying them what you, on what you based, what you think they're going to do. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pay you based on what you did. Now, a lot of times as players get older, you'd rather pay them based on what you think they're going to do because they're not going to be able to do what they did in the past. When they're younger, sometimes you project ahead and you're like, okay, you haven't really burst out yet. I'm going to pay you what I, on what I think you're going to do. I think Zach Allen is going to continue to develop and get better and better and get more pressures and more hits and more sacks. And So I'm going to pay you based on what I think you're going to do. Well, with older players, you know, sometimes you, know, you, 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 would, you would tend to want to pay him based on, look, you're going to go downhill. I'm going to pay based on the fact that your best years are behind you. I still think you're good, but I'm not going to pay you like when you were at your best. So there's two different ways to pay a guy. Zach Allen's a fascinating one to me because I think somebody's going to pay him based on what they think he is going to do. The question is, is he going to do what Hassan Reddick did? Is it, but it's not like he was out of position. He just didn't really... He, he played good. He just didn't play great. He was good. He's a good player. Track is estimating Zach Allen's average annual salary to just be a tick under $10 million Fine. per year. Pay it. They're averaging about $9.3 million per year is what they think he's going to get on his new deal based off of projections. Uh, you're, you're, you're absolutely right, especially when it comes to, you know, the... For too long, too many teams have paid a guy based off of what he did, not what he's going to do. Zach Allen is very much a what he's going to do guy, and I do think he's going to get better and better. Is he going to be a dominant NFL defender? I don't know if he's ever going to get that far, but I think he's a very good defender. NFL.com recently did a series of stories where they asked, they took a bunch of players and they said, is this guy overpriced or is he underpriced? Is he going to get too much on the market or is he not going to get enough? They had Zach Allen in the underpriced Underpriced. category. They love him. And they wrote, in terms of value, Allen reminds me of where Javon Hargrave was three years ago. Well-respected around the league, he inked a three-year, $39 million contract from the Eagles in 2020 that turned out to be one of the best signings of the last decade. At the time, some might have wondered if Philly paid too much of a premium for a good, not great player. But the Eagles knew that Hargrave, then 27, was just hitting his prime, and the deal ended up being a steal for a true difference maker. Allen has a different body type than Hargrave and can play as a 3-4 end when asked, but they are similar in that they can play in multiple fronts and create havoc on every down. My worry is... Does Zach Allen... Cardinals can sign him before free agency. He's one of their own. What's the reason for him to do that? At at this point, if you're Zach Allen, don't you kind of wait wait and see? Uh Uh-huh. You know, don't you kind of... Yeah, and you know these agents have feelers. They they understand who's interested and who has cap space and what they're willing to do. They know. agent is probably back-channeling the crap out of this right now. Hey, how much are you going to pay my guy? How much would you offer my guy? Would, Would you be interested? Don't think that Zach Allen's agent doesn't know what he's worth on that free agent market. Yeah. Are the Cardinals not willing to go there to keep Zach Allen? And again, that's a Steve Kahn draft pick. It's not a Monty Austin for draft pick, but, but it's a good player. It's a good player. And he's young. Yep.
And they don't have a lot of good young players. Nope. Matter of fact, in most of their ratings and everything, they really lack in great players under 25. Big time. So you've got a player here. You don't want to let him go and see him you know, go somewhere else and kill it. And that would be a mistake. Like, you know, we talk about Monty trying to nail the draft. And you also have to nail the free agency, too. Like this whole thing, whether you're a good general manager or not, I mean, you have to do everything. You don't want to let a good football player go. And that's not a crazy amount of money for Zach Allen. Like if that's the spot track... You know, that signing bonus is the key to players these days because that's the money they, you know, guaranteed money. Guaranteed money's the key. What they're going to get guaranteed. A, share, a tad under $10 million is not crazy money for him. No, it doesn't seem like it. Um, all right. I just, just for fun, yeah. I Googled uh, Pro Football Focus's free agent projections. Okay. Zach Allen. Seattle. How'd you know that? Because I, I, when you were off, we did this. Oh, did you? <laughs> Look at the date on it. When was the date? Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Those websites scrolling. Rahad. There you store a date on the story. February 27th. Yeah, it was. Were you off? Gone for the wedding. You were gone for the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) You were gone for the wedding. Seattle, we did it. I jumped that gun. Seattle. You know, sometimes the memory still works a little bit. Every now and then. Every now and then. I'm like, I actually fascinate myself. I just jumped at Seattle. Like, Pro football focus. Yeah, Seattle. Yeah. They've got him going to Seattle. Every every now and then. And I think they have Byron Murphy staying with the Cardinals in their in their list. The same one that you're on right there. Yeah, I'm just doing a word Because they did Allen and they did Murphy. Yep. Cardinals. Mar- Murphy Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting one, too. That back injury. Back injuries are tricky. In, the, in any sport, really. Because those are ones that linger. Those are ones that can be. And I'm not saying this is the case with Byron Murphy. But that those uh, I in terms of his value, how much he's worth, I wonder how much that impacts that. What the marketplace is for Byron Murphy. He's good. He's good. He's good. I don't know. He's elite. I, I like Zach Allen better. I'd rather pay to have Zach Allen back than Byron Murphy. Because I think they're, Zach they're Allen's a better player. Tremendous positions of need. But think about how good Zach Allen will be if you get Will Anderson. Yeah. Right? I mean, how much could Zach Allen benefit from having a premier pass rusher coming in and say, you know, a rookie? It wouldn't suck. It wouldn't suck. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, just like that, we're halfway home on this Tuesday. No, we got bonus today. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're not yeah, it's, 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 just play, it's the theater of the mind. Play along with me. Lots of news coming out of the NFL today with the tag deadline. We'll get you caught up on all of it. The 4 o'clock reset is next on the Burns and Gambo show.